1: Let's get rambling. There we
0: go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, Show 600 of my podcast, The Home Told Rambling, right here on the Talk Shoe Network and one of the longest-running single-hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. I'm your host, Russell Hale. Thanks, and welcome to the show. Got a big show lined up for you this week. Lots to talk about, including a contest winner. But more on that in a bit. Uh, Lots to talk about on today's show, but before we get into the reviews, there are a couple of news items. You know, uh, I want to talk about that happened between uh, the last time I did recording. One thing very noteworthy is that uh, it happened in the news is that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are once again (coughs) getting rebooted. Yeah, you're saying like, didn't they just have like a reboot not long ago, courtesy of good old Michael Bay? Yeah, they did. But uh, this time around, instead of being a mix of CGI and live action, they're going full CGI. And they haven't done that since like 2007. And that, that was a decent movie. I actually really liked that one. The The only trouble with this announcement, and what has me a little cautious, Ramblers is that the, the the person that's heading this reboot that's you know in charge of this all is Seth Rogen. Now, I don't have anything, you know, personally against the dude, but his track record me me me. me. Um Seth Rogen is his sense of humor I don't know. It, it's I don't always find it funny and and he was one of the people behind Sausage Factory and if you well, I've listened to the show for any point in time. You know how I felt about that movie. I don't even want to discuss it. Uh you can look back at my older reviews and see my opinion. But so that doesn't fill me with a lot of hope. Also, the last time I remember he did a like a reboot or reimagining of you know known characters was the Green Hornet movie a few years ago, <laughs> and that. Oh, man, that was not the movie I wanted it to be. So, I'm a little hesitant in what this, you know, Mutant Turtles is going to be, because I, I fear it's going to be, you know, a lot of crass, rude humor, and I don't know. I mean, you know, it's great to hear that they're making, you know, another animated CGI movie, but my optimism is cautioned because of who's in charge. Now, you know, I hope I'm wrong. Ramblers. I hope all this paranoia is, is for naught. And when it does come out, you know, maybe it's a Seth Rogen movie. I actually will enjoy crazy. It can happen. Uh, so we'll see. I, in and more than likely not much has been known, but, um, he probably is going to bring his regular cast of buddies to do it. And um so far it um the 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 production behind it is it's been um produced um that that actually uh, direct it's being directed by um Jeff Rowe, who did Gravity Falls and Connected. I've not seen those shows. I've heard of Gravity Falls, but I got into it. And Brendan O'Brien uh, will be the screenplay. Now he did Neighbors, uh, uh, Sorority Rising, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, so I don't know. See, it's just I, I am not sure uh, about that choice. <laughs> I'm being honest because I always am on this program. Uh, that, and, and it, it's becoming more and more, uh, pr- uh, apparent that when movie theaters open across the globe and they're saying this more so in the U S at this point, but I could see it, this policy traveling North of the border as well, is that when, you know, when theaters do re-eventually open and, and a lot of movie companies are still aiming, um, for August, August is the new date, possibly things got moved. Uh, but when people are allowed back in, you're, it's going to be required to wear, uh, a a hygienic mask, a mask to protect your face, to to cover your face. Uh, if you go see a movie now, you know, I, I, I gotta admit, I, I don't like wearing those things. Uh, if I'm out and about, I'm with a bunch of close to a bunch of people, I'll put one on. Um, but generally I find them super uncomfortable. Um, and I don't wear glasses and I wear glasses. This doesn't make it even harder, um, to wear, but you know, if Knockwood wonder woman finally hits theaters this year, and this is still in effect, I might, you know, I'll I'll just have to suck up the mask for two hours, uh, sort of thing. And, And thing is, even if they do this, I don't know how they're going to enforce it unless they regularly have ushers coming by with flashlights and checking people's faces, you know, and, and, and their, their concession sales will just go right down. Cause you know how hard it is to eat and have your face covered. So I don't know if, if that's what it's going to take, we'll see, we'll see how it is. I might give it a try for Wonder Woman cause I just wait. And that's movie. It looks like to see in a the theater and there's a few others. You know, like the Bond one, even though you know there's talk about it. Uh, but see, so you know, my question to you, Ramblers, and, and feel free to tweet me about this. I might even put up a poll uh, on on my Twitter account, and I'll mention that at the end of the show. I might put up a poll uh, with with the question of, you know, if if you are, you know, if theaters, if when theaters open, would you be willing? To wear a mask to go see a movie, somewhere along those lines. So, watch my Twitter. I might, I don't do polls very often, but I feel I want to do one for that. So, uh, keep in mind for that uh, coming up. Also, coming up today, um, we got um, the results of the giveaway. Yeah, I've been talking about this for the last few shows, uh, courtesy of the great folks at Universal Home Entertainment. Uh, I I have a copy of one of the things I'll be talking about today to give away, and and I I'm going to announce at the end of the show we have a winner. Absolutely, I, I it's terrific, and I will I will announce that at the end of the show. What's on the show? Since we're talking about giveaways, and I love giving stuff away, people. So I'm glad somebody has taken advantage of that. Um, What's on today's show, we're going to start things off by a trip back to the 1980s, if you will, uh, for the Blu-ray review of Bend, uh, Blinded by the Light, featuring a lot of music by Bruce Springsteen. Then we go from the 80s and we circle back to present day for my TV show DVD review of Evil, season one, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment, where... It's it's a very interesting show where we have investigators looking into them, into it's kind of um it's it's science versus supernatural, I will say in that. And then we speaking of supernatural and mythical creatures, we are going and the next thing up for review is the movie Trolls, both the original and Trolls World Tour on 4K Blu-ray. Courtesy of the great folks at Universal Home Entertainment. And, as I said, uh, at the end of the show, I will announce winners. So you'll gain two Trolls reviews for the price of one episode. And, uh, you know, keeping with the mystical, mythic creatures theme, I have a great book review for you as well. And it is Greek Myths. Uh, courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. So that's all on this episode of Ramble with Russell. And you'll want to stay tuned for the end of the show as well. Not only will I be announcing the winner of the contest, but a very special announcement for an upcoming Ramble Extra in the very near future. So I'm going to take a quick little musical interlude right up with the first review of the show. For well, this episode is Blinded By the Light, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. A copy of this movie was sent to me for the purposes of review, and the opinions expressed are my own. Now, I remember seeing the the um the ad for this movie, and I thought, Wow, that's kinda cool. it's a it's a movie, you know, Inspired in including the the music of Bruce Springsteen. Now I'm not gonna you know claim I'm the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan because I'm not. I, I'm upfront with you people, but I I never hated his music and you know I've always thought uh, he's one of those artists that just has been around for ages. <laughs> now the movie is set in London, and it's set around 1987. So you know I I I always like movies in the 80s and you know the way the movie reads it's like. Okay, it's going to be just, you know, start to finish, all Bruce Springsteen. And I'm going to tell you, folks, that's not the case. But, uh, so what is, is is the movie starts off, and we don't get any Bruce, okay, until at least, sure, 24 minutes into this movie. Because it starts off very 80s. starts off with, with, you got Pet Shop Boys, and It's a Sin... And then you have, you know, um, some aha with the sun always shines on TV. Then you have some cutting crew with I just died in your arms tonight, and and then and then like live it up by mental as anything, before we hit any, you know, the promised land by Bruce Springsteen. And then after that, it's Bruce all the way, and the story revolves around this young young kid uh, called Javid who, you know, he's he's having he's you know, he's a teenager filled with angst. And the movie kind of starts off when he's he when he's like ten, briefly, and he has uh, a young British boy, uh, you know, non you know, non Indian um boy named um named Matt and they're they're best buddies and they're starting off at the movie and it's like, oh, you know, when we grow up we'll always be friends, right? And as soon as you hear that in a movie like we'll always be friends. <laughs> you know, you know, people, that there's going to be problems. You know, that that's like, you know, that's great that you think that, but, you know, reality doesn't always fall that way. So, yeah, so it's, 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 it's a, yeah, no, it's not an Indian, it's an Asian family. And, and he's, he's very frustrated, right? Because his dad is very, you know, old school, very controlling. Any money that anybody makes in the family goes right back to the father. His father works uh, at a factory. And then, uh, uh, Javid has, um, he has, he has, uh, he has two, he has a sister and then, you know, a mother. And then, like, an older a sister, or cousin, they don't really it kind of the lines kind of blur a little bit there. So that's the situation. And and Matt is like a, you know, a Caucasian kind of British kid. So there's like that difference there. And and, and, and Matt's like, and and, and and at the start of this, Javid is very introverted. He's very much like I was, kind of in high school. Just kind of keeps to himself, you know, kind of thing. And at the start of this movie, I, I believe he started college. Although he looks... Really young to be starting college. I it almost confuses me. Like, uh, no, I guess it's college and not high school, but these are like super young kids. Anyway, so so he gets sent to school, and and this kid Javid, is he's like a writer, right? He's like an angsty writer, for lack of a better term, and and he's been writing all you know all the time, and and even tries to write lyrics for his his friend Matt. And 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 so this first begin this movie. It's all eighties synth pop, right? And Matt's like, oh, synth pop is the future. Sadly, it wasn't. Um, and he doesn't really kind of discover um, discover Springsteen until he bumps into another kid uh, that uh, while walking the halls. And as soon as that happens, Lord Almighty, this kid goes all Springsteen. He just. You know, it's not often you see, and I don't know if you know, it's like in the '60s when when we went crazy for the Beatles, but this kid, like the like the voices, you know, like the lyrics to Springsteen, just like speak to him, and and he starts, you know, being more you know, extroverted, and and starts, you know, um, you know, being less introverted and all that kind of stuff. So there, there's that aspect. So the kid, like, totally transforms his thing. And I like the way when he, like, first discovers it. He's, like, running out, and it's, like, stormy, and there's, like, the words are hitting on, on the in the air, and that that's kind of neat. I liked how that was done. And, you know, the only kind of group that really hit me when I was younger, kind of that way, was, I'm gonna say the Canadian group Blue Rodeo. Really? I didn't go, like, Hardcore fans, you do when Bruce Springsteen, but but I I felt their music really kind of spoke to me, and and it's it's interesting to see this kid, kind of you know, yeah, you know, just his personality completely changes because of music, really, and he you know, so he's struggling to get that kind of self confidence really, and. And and at the same time in England, in the 80s, there was a lot of anti-Pakistani, you know, bigots, really, that that were really just in that country. So that kind of plays a part in this as well. And as his confidence grows, he also meets up with this girl, Emma, and and they start a relationship. So it, it's as much a coming-to-age movie as it's about society in the 80s. And it's, you know... I I really feel sorry for these people to be treated like some of the behavior of some of these racist people is just awful. in this movie, like, wow, I really hope that that isn't as bad overseas as it was then. It, it was just awful, uh, but it was really interesting to see the growth of this kid. And and like I said, I I've never hated Springsteen, but I really grew. An appreciation for the artist. And I liked how the, the, you know, the, the makers of the movie really incorporated the lyrics, of many of the songs into this kid's life and really, you know, was like a voice to how he was living. And it, there's a nice, like a story arc with this, especially with the father. Uh, and when, when it comes to that and, you know, and there's at one point he gets, Javid gets so into Springfield, right? and with his new friend that he completely forgets about his, his his oldest friend Matt. And at one point he he doesn't stand up like Matt's father and kind of berates him. And and David cuz cuz Matt's father is in Springsteen too doesn't defend him at all. Just and it's like yeah, no, I I don't blame the Matt character for being defended. It's like That's great, you're into something new, but dude, I've been your friend for like a very long time, and you let him throw me under the bus, and you didn't even do nothing and say nothing, and yeah, I, I'd be kind of pissed, (laughs) I'd be annoyed that happened to me, so, yeah, it's it's you know that's totally realistic. Now, um, I love the quotes in this because you know me in quotes. Uh, guaranteed to make you feel better than any other film this year, and that is by Johnny o Oleskins, I hope I'm saying that name right, By the New York Post. Uh, Damn near resistible by Steve Pond from The rap. Uh And and this is from the director of Bend It Like Backup. Now, I haven't seen that movie, but I heard it was good. And yeah, I, I'm going to tell you, you watch this movie... And it will give you the warm fuzzies. It will. It really will. Other than you know, the only thing about the disturbing is the bigotry, but yeah, it really is interesting to see this kid's journey. It almost makes you at the end of this, you know, movie, want to go. I want to see what happened to this kid. And it's funny at the end, they give the record because it's based on a natural guy. They they show how many times this this person in real life has seen Bruce Springsteen in concert. And it is insane, the number. It's like, I i don't think I'll ever get that high to see any music artist in a row in concert. I don't see that happening in my lifetime. That's dedication. But it also speaks to the fact that sometimes, you know, it's great to be into something new. But don't forget where you came from and don't forget the friends you had before. And that's a good lesson for anybody. Uh, anything, really. Uh, for that, The soundtrack for this is really good. Absolutely. Uh, for special features, you do get a behind-the-scenes, a true story behind the film, making a featurette, which is cool. Because you get to see uh, the cast and the actual person this is based on in the featurette. So I do like those. And you get a buttload of deleted scenes. Now, a lot of them, I uh, can see why they cut them out of the movie. Honestly, probably for pacing more than anything. The one thing that's missing from this, and surprises me a little, considering it's more of an independent filmmaker, I, no audio commentary. Nothing. Nothing by the director, nothing by the stars, or the guy that this is based on. And, like, that's a missed opportunity for that. I, I think that would have been Tremendous. If they'd done that, but that didn't happen, and that's that's a shame. I, the the you know because the featurette is so short, it really doesn't touch on as much as I'd like to. I loved to seeing how they did the whole words on the buildings in that first song. Like that was a neat effect. I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie before. And, and you know, Ramblers, if you have, bully on you. Can you tell me where you saw it? Because I want to know where you saw it. Because it was pretty cool. I liked it. It's You know, and I see so many movies I like when something's good. And if I saw this in the theater, I would have walked out in a great mood. And that's what movies are for, okay? Movies are there to entertain you, not to teach you a lesson, not to... not. <laughs> if I want to learn something, I'll study a book. It's not to... not to, you know, thump something in your head... It's just to enjoy, to enjoy the experience, enjoy a story, and this is one I, I'm, yeah, I can say, you know, Hollywood, do more of these. I don't watch a lot of drama dramas. I don't, you know that, guys. But, but this definitely one worth checking out, um, especially if if you're a fan of Bruce Things music, because man, it gave me a new perspective on the artist for sure. So that's my take on Blinded by the Light, but not that version you think. Uh, courtesy of the great folks of Warner Brothers, Home Entertainment.
2: I get up in the evening, and I ain't got nothing to say. Come on in the morning. I go to bed feeling the same way. Hey there, baby I could use just a little help. You can't start a fire You can't start a fire without a spark This comes from higher Even if we're just dancing in the dark They said, just keep getting clearer Radio's on and I'm moving around the place Check my look in the mirror Want to change my clothes, my hair, my face Man, I ain't getting nowhere I'm just living in a dump like this There's something happening somewhere Baby, I just know that you can't start a fire can't start a fire without a squad well, This gun's for hire Even if we're just dancing in the dark. Sitting around getting older It's a joke somewhere and it's on me shake his sweat on my shoulders Come on baby, the laugh's on me Stay on the streets of this town They'll be carving you up, all right They say you gotta stay hungry Hey, baby, I'm just about starving tonight Dying for some action Sitting around out here trying to write this book I need a love reaction Come on, baby, give me just one look Can't start a fire Can't start a fire with a broken heart This comes for hire, even if we're just dancing in the dark Can't start a fire, what about your little world falling apart This comes for hire, even if we're just dancing in the dark
0: show on DVD for this week is Evil, Season 1, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, I remember this show being advertised a while back, and I was like, I don't, you know, I was curious, but I never really had a chance to check it out. So when I saw this on the release schedule, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm all for a, a sh- new show and something different, and I'm, I'm glad I did. Now, this is from the creators of The Good Wife. I have really not watched that show too much. So I wasn't sure what to think when it came to this because you know that's a totally different no no supernaturally stuff in that show whatsoever. You know. So you know I was like okay I will judge this on its own. The the in it and it's, it's and it's, it's it's a neat premise because I don't think I've ever seen it's very X Files anyway. The 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 premise is that a skeptical female clinical psychologist and that is played by Katya Herbers, who uh, many people last saw in Westworld, the show I still have yet to watch uh, on my list. She joins a Priest in Training, and Priest in Training is actually played by Mike Coulter, who we last saw as Luke Cage, uh, another show I have yet to see. So quite a difference in character. Uh, who? Um, so that's Priest in Training, and then a uh, blue-collar contractor, and 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 they um, as 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 they investigate supposed miracles and demonic possession and other kind of extraordinary occurrences that see if there's a scientific explanation for the supernatural. Now the contractor is the character of Ben. He is played by Asif Man, Mand, Mandvi. I hope I'm saying that name right. And so he had this trio investigating all of these things. Now what I liked about this first season, and it's not a very long season, if you will, that it has a nice kind of plot run through with it. The, the, so you have, so she gets roped into this world and it's very x Filesy molder Mulder Scully, because, um, the, the team, uh, of, of the character David Acosta by Mike Coulter, um, and, and the character of Ben, they've been kind of hired by, by the, um, the, um, the the Catholic Church to to look into these various occurrences, right? And the character of Kristen, who's the psychologist, she she kind of gets roped into it to what happens to one of her one of her clients, because uh, it starts off that one of her clients is as a man who's been accused of of you know like being a murderer. But he claims that you know he has no recollection doing it, and it's kind of leaning towards the kind of possession side of it. And the cool thing about this season is, the, from the very first beginning episode to the end, it all ties together. Now, included in this cast is a a is is is, is um, that Christian um, has four children um, that she has to look after, four kids in this besides you know being a psychologist because the their father the the husband in this whom for the longest time you know I think is like is is he even still alive um in this as has gone off to help people cl- do mountain climbing and kind of left her in charge of these four girls and all the girls are pretty close to the same age the oldest one is maybe. 12, 13-ish, tween-ish, and the youngest one is maybe like 5 or 6 ish. So all very young, and, and when they all start talking together, it's <laughs> funny. And they're all <laughs> they're all made with L's. So we have Lynn, Lila, Lexis, and Laura. I'm not joking. in um, that, so we have that, so the, the, the father, for the most part in this season, he's out of the picture. Now, you know, slight spoiler, he does come back the latter part of the season, but for a while you're kind of thinking, Is is he really away at work or is he dead and and the mother is just trying to hide it from the kids as long as she can? It made me think that for a while, and they're like, But he's dead. Now, uh, also in the cast, you have the character of Cheryl uh played by Christine Lottie. and she is she is really good in this it's it's a point in the season where her character i goes for a personality change and it and it, it truly is chilling and when it comes to that also uh among the cast is is TV veteran at this point uh Michael Emerson and and much like he did in Lost and and from the bits i've saw points of interest he plays yet another kind of creepy fella, like another fella that's like you know, there's something about you I don't trust. And this character of Leland Thompson, he is 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 quite the constant thorn to to the character of Kristen. He really there's something about him and as the season goes on, it, you you learn more and more uh, about him and his motivations if you will and and you can tell that that it's really leading up to something now this season kind of ends on a semi cliffhanger and there's some scenes near the latter part of the season where you're going wow (laughs) did did i just see that because apparently i did also a notable cast member in this one a, a veteran of many movies is the actor of Kurt Fuller who plays Dr. Kurt Boggs who is a a fellow psychologist and and is you know part of that kind of skeptical world he gets kind of dragged into this as well and and you find as as the series progresses the line between what is is supernatural and what is reality Really starts to blur, and there are some. I'm telling you, genuinely, genuinely creepy moments in this show. This is the kind of show. If you were watching like Alone in the Dark, it probably freak you out a little bit. And 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 I, I applaud the young actresses in this because there is pretty scary scenes. In, in this. I mean it's it's quoted as one of the TV's Wildest shows by Emily Todd of uh, Emily Todd Vanderbilt of Vox and Really Scary by Alison Keane of Pace Magazine. And yeah, there are some super creepy uh, moments in this. And and Emerson is great. I think, you know, he's a little stereotyped as a villain, but he just works on that level. And the and it was also as the season goes along, the attractionness between the characters of David and Kristen really starts to build there. And there's just one point when when the husband comes home, and you're like, "Hmm, how is this gonna play in now with this whole situation?" And the series, the season does end on a bit of a cliffhanger and thank goodness it's been picked up for a second season. Cause I tell you folks, this had been a one season wonder if this had hit the first season and then in the network's lost face in the show, but intended and it didn't get picked up for a second. Lord mighty. What a cliffhanger that would have been. And I would have been like, dang, it would right up there with like Terra Nova and like, wow, this is how things are going to get left. I'm really curious to see where it goes in the second season. I want to see how the David and Kristen relationship develops. If it goes any further and then how the husband, or her husband plays into it and, and in the whole, how that situation, because there are things that are found out, uh, at the end of the season, especially result in involving her daughters that, definitely have repercussions in the second and i'm curious to see how it plays out because there are some wtf moments man in this you just like wow i I just saw that and and that's cool uh it takes a lot to surprise me in tv anymore because i feel like i've seen almost everything and things keep getting rebooted but this show is good uh for special features you do get um, an Evil Season One Genesis, which is a nice little wrap up. All the actors and talk about the series and what they want to do with it, sort of thing, and, and even the um, the writers of the show, you know, and and even the writers contrast and one is a big believer in supernatural, one's more of a skeptic. So that's I guess that's really the pull of of the show. You get does evil exist, and this is the show that really. Questions. It. It's like, like X-Files really questions, are really aliens out there? And that's the same kind of feel I get from the show. Uh, you get some deleted and extended scenes. Sadly, as with the trend with a lot of TV shows these days, no commentary on any of these episodes. And like, come on. It's not that big a season, really. Uh, this It's only on three discs. So that is a grand total of four eight, and it's only twelve episodes. And you, I would love to have a commentary on either the 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 first one or the last one, or at least the first and the last one. I think that would have been lost opportunity there. Overall. A fun show. I, I said I'm curious to see where it goes. They set up a lot. They hint at a lot, but whether we get payoffs, I don't know. And watching this show really wants me, makes me want to watch Luke Cage. Uh just because I really was I liked Mike Coulter. I think he's a, a good actor and he really played the the you know priest in train that has doubts uh about what's going on. And now keep in mind too this is not um, for the squeamish. Even <laughs> you know, little girls in this, I probably wouldn't recommend watching. And and there are some guest appearances, females in this one, uh, actresses that are really good. The Halloween one, that kid, really well done. And and then the character, the the, the virtual girl character, that like the super creepy, super creep, Bammo, good casting, uh, right there. So overall, yeah, uh, a fun story. Uh, I'm again, I'm really curious to see where it goes. Second season, what happens? To Christine Lottie's character, Cheryl, because she's down a bad path. Um, and and what happens to this family? Because child, you you yo, there's something coming, and it ain't sunshine and lollipops, people. So that is my take of evil. Season 1 on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. Okay, Blu-ray review for this episode is Trolls World Tour, courtesy of Universal Home Entertainment. Now, uh, for me to talk about the sequel, I thought, you know what? I need to go back in the past, 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 and check out Trolls One, because I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I, you know, when I when the first Trolls movie came out, I was like, you know, I didn't really make a big effort to see it <laughs> because. I've always, you know, and don't hate me, but uh, I've always thought those dolls were just the weirdest. I, I, I've never understood the appeal of those dolls. To me, they're like the ones, if you go to like to a, a bingo hall, you'll see like people have them set up and they're like lined up like, oh, look at the troll mascot thingy. And that's great. But, you know, <laughs> it, it never... I never really saw the appeal to them. At all. Maybe cuz I'm a dude, I don't know. So, I i really bypassed the 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 first movie. I didn't bother to check it out up until this one came out. And then this movie came out, and of course, this is the first movie that Universal has tested out where they originally, and this is long before the global pandemic. They they were going to release it in the theater and on PVOD on premium video on demand at the same time. That was the original plan for this movie, but of course you know that hit, and it ended up having a uh, it ended up going straight to PVOD. And this movie did really well on PVOD. Now that you know the the second movie, Trolls World Tour. So that made me go like, well, I guess people were really desperate to something new. So before we talk about the neutrals, let's wind back the time a bit and talk about the first one, because, you know, it, it 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 warrants doing that. Now, the first movie, of course, was way back in 2016. I don't know why it took them four years to put out a sequel, but there you go. And the first movie, the differences we'll get into. First movie, Stars uh, is set in, in this you know mythical role where these trolls, singing trolls are 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 their tree is stuck in the this village of Bergens. Now Bergens, to me, are kind of like ogres for lack of a better term. They don't call them that, I don't know why, but they're kind of ogreish creatures who use these trolls to find happiness. These creatures are so miserable that they have to eat trolls to feel happy. That's their raison d'etre. That That's all the trolls at the start of this first movie are good for, is to be eaten. All right? And, and so that's how that movie starts. All right? It, it's just like, we started like, that's the only way they can find happiness, sadly, is eating the creature. And then when I see yeah, that, I go like, oh, no, man. Let's not go to Sausage Factory. Because, you know, that had a lot of things being eaten. And it's like, oh, no, don't go there. Thankfully, only partially <laughs> that happened. So that's the premise of it. This is the world we live in. That. And so all these trolls are like living in a tree in the center courtyard. And then once the air, it's like troll-eating time, where they all get their joy bag, and, and the the first one revolves around this young print troll prince who is just about to receive his first troll to find his first of happiness. And just as he's about to do that, you know, bad luck for him, the trolls are, are planning a massive breakout. They have tunneled under this tree, and they are sick of being eaten, after who knows how many years and do a breakout and they escape small spoiler. They escape, um, they escape the, the, the village and, and, and this little prince is denied his troll and the, the Bergen that was in charge of all this kind of a weird kind of Sheffy woman. She gets disgraced because all of them escaped and she gets exiled Away from that village, so that happens. Then we do a time jump, twenty years, whoop, and then we learn that in twenty years, troll uh, Bergens don't age much, and 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 the one of the main characters in the movie, Poppy, goes from a little bit of baby troll, like a little bit of small, like the size of a tic tac, to to a more older, late teen, early adult troll. I guess, and, and and this movie, I'm telling you, wall-to-wall pop music. Lord mighty, it is a poppy. So if you don't like pop music in the first movie, you're kind of SOL, really. So she grows up and, and is, is this super upbeat kind of troll, you know, like, you know, like, ugh, so, so, like, you know, peppy. And and it's coming up to the twentieth anniversary when they escaped the Bergens, and so her bright idea, even though they've been in hiding for twenty years, she wants to throw out the biggest party ever. So she, and in her infinite wisdom, throws this huge party because they're supposed to be in hiding. And, and and gosh by golly it's such a big party they they're whooping up fireworks in the air in the shape of trolls and and the voice you yeah, always going to notice that and the voice of her poppy is played by anna kendrick uh her you know counterpart is the character of branch uh made, played by justin timberlake yeah, uh, Joy De Chanel is the character of Bridget, who is one of the Bergens. Um, you have um, you have Christine Baranski in this one is the the voice of the chef Bergen who gets exiled. Russell Brand is does a voice in this. A lot of lot of big guest stars do voices in this one. Like Gwen Stefani is is does a voice work on this. John Cleese is the voice of the Bergen King in this one. James Corden plays the voice of Biggie the Troll. Jeffrey Tambor is, is the voice of King Poppy, um, Poppy's dad. Uh, so you have quite the voice cast in this animated feature. So, so you know, so even after Branch says to her, you, you know this party is a bad idea the 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 fireworks and stuff go figure um alert this this chef burger that's in exile she finds village because you know fireworks and and ends up kidnapping a lot of poppy's friends saul's branch because he was hiding in an underground bunker just because he knew this was going to come and and so poppy feeling guilty as she should for getting her friends captured, decides to go off on a quest, even though she's never left the village, to uh, rescue them. And, and Branch is like, you know, it's not a good idea. You don't know nothing about the world, and you're just going to go out? She says, yep, I listen to nobody. I do my own thing. And in a way, man, I, I'm watching this character. And and in this first movie, and she does get a little more likable in the second and the first movie, she comes off as a spoiled, entitled brat who, who just doesn't just my way of the highway. I don't want to listen to reason. I don't care. I'm going to do my own thing. And it's not really that likable in this at the start of this movie. Like Branch, the guy who's like common sense who's like, you know, you do this, you're doing this all. He gets laughed at. He gets made fun of And then this movie, like, oh, you're an idiot. We just want to have fun. And I'm like, well, there's a message to send. <laughs> so she goes off on her own. And, and, and let's just say, man, is she incompetent. And if it wasn't for Branch, could have been dead 10 times over. At one point, it's like, like she goes in this world and everything wants to eat her at one point I don't know she even got out of it It, that's one thing in this first movie they really outside of this troll village there's like all these weird creatures that just want to eat trolls it is so weird that way and the world it's, it's different look though it's almost like the world is is made of fabric it's almost like little big planet uh, kind of animation in a way, and that the trolls aren't fabric; they're all CGI, and they have magical Medusa hair, like in Marvel Comics Medusa hair, hair. But all the the rest of the world is fabric-y. and it, it, it's a neat look. I'll give you it. So, all point of the movie, without giving away too much, because i have given away so much, is Poppy and Branch have to get back to the to you know rescue their friends from the Bergens. Uh, before they get eaten, and then the side kind of story is that the king, uh, that um, the, there's a scullery maid that that has grown up with the king, really likes the king, uh, the the prince kingy, but he just looks at her as a scullery maid. So there's that kind of weird romancy thing going on. Overall, uh, you know, there's just it's, it's, it's a lot of pop music. Uh, and, and, uh, it, it's definitely very colorful. I mean, holy, I mean, the, the design in this, there, there is a bit of toilet humor. There is some fart jokes and stuff and it. So I don't know if I'd recommend it for like young, young kids and the, the amount of weird creatures make it kids a nightmare, uh, that, but but you know it it you know it it does you know sort of send a message and the music is catchy although if you don't like pop music not the movie for you so that's that now take that movie jump ahead 4 years and what i found interesting about this release is that they do all this world building in the first movie and then by the second movie it's like you know, we're gonna reference, you know, that, that Poppy and Branch did all this stuff to save troll them, but but all the other characters you knew uh you know, they're pretty much retconned. <laughs> it's like this happened Um but no real mentions of Bergen's. Or nothing. And nothing. not there's not even a real reference at all to the first movie to the end of the second movie. It's like, okay. So the first movie, that happened, So it goes by that premise in that, you know, Poppy and Brad saved everything and, and life has gone back to normal. But it, it throws away what happened in the first movie. It's like, the first movie ends and you're like, okay, so everybody's come to this. But second movie starts and it's like, so, if the first movie ended, then why... Why are they, location-wise, where they are? Why aren't they where are they... It's just... It's a little confusing. And then his whole safe house, and it's just, you're like, okay, I'm just gonna park my brain in gear and not forget about that. So, the premise of 2 is that there, there, There's, you know, in in... In Trolls World 2, we realize that, no, Poppy and her group of fellas, they are not the only trolls in this kingdom. We realize that in the second movie that there are other musical trolls in this land besides pop. There is also hard rock. There is classical. There is techno, uh, country. And um yeah, so classical, techno, hard rock, country, and one other one that I'm forgetting. Uh so so there's all these six other kingdoms that are in this one. Yeah, so it's alright, it's funk. That's the last one again. So funk, country, techno, classical, pop, and hard rock. So those are the other kingdoms and the, the three five other main kingdoms. And then there are peripheral versions of tr- musical trolls as well, and the premise of it is that the 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 queen of the hard rock trolls is saying, you know, I'm sick of us all being, you know, different, and Barda and uh, I'm Barb, and I wanna unite everybody under rock. I'm gonna, you know, just you oh, all be trolls under rock, and the. The premise of the story, um, the second one, too, is that, unbeknownst to the first movie, which we never heard nothing about, there are these six strings. Each of these main six trolls has a string, and that is a string per their music. And Queen Barb wants to just basically take each of the other string, put them on one main guitar, and make them all rock zombies, man. That's pretty much her plot. And And Poppy's like, you know... Hi why can't everybody just be friends? I'm just gonna go to her and we're just gonna work things out and things be fine. And 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 she's like, you know, why we're all just trolls? Why like it's almost their motivations are the same, but it's different. Like like Poppy wants them all to be together as as, you know, we're all trolls, celebrate all we're all trolls, but not be zombies. And is like, Yeah, I want us together, but all together under rock. So there's that. So this movie really expands the universe into you get not just pop music, you get a variety of music. In this, like it even starts off with the techno, and the, the designs are crazy. They all have same body shape, and the hair is different. Well, though the techno ones are probably the most thing of all. And there's one character in the first movie, you can go, ah, he's this type of troll, not. That's why he kind of stands out from the rest of them. They always never addressed that in the first. Uh, back for voices, Anna Kendrick is back as Poppy. Justin Timberlake is back as Branch. The, uh, there's a bunch of new characters to join. And also, uh, James Corden is back as Biggie. He's one of the few, though. A lot of the cast of the first movie characters don't really have much to do in the second. They have a lot of new people. When it comes to the other celebrity trolls, we have uh, Kelly Clarkson. As Delta Dawn, a country troll, you have um, you have the character of Hickory, played by Sam Rockwell, of all people. George Clinton is one of the is the king of funk, and Mary J. Blige is the queen of funk trolls. So there's a yeah you know, musical duo for you. So we we have that and, and just a, a quite so quite a different cast in this one and it is kind of neat to hear the different music as opposed to just a bunch of pop songs. And and in this one, you know, Poppy thinks, "Oh, well, you know, uh, just we'll just get everybody to like pop." And it's like, "No." And and this it was a real discovery in her and learning that you know, it's it's okay for us to all be different and have our own thing. You know, and, and that's one of those lessons learned in this one. And in, in, in this movie, I found Poppy a much like more likable character in this one. I mean, she just came off the first movie as arrogant and you know whatever. Um, but in this one I think, you know, you actually see some growth in the character. And and that's nice to see. Also <laughs> some of your Voices, Ozzy. Osborne plays plays Barb's father and him in troll form is funny. theres doesn't have a lot of lines in this one, but you know, uh, you can just picture him. I, I you know I, I, I just imagine um, him in real life. Sharon, I'm a troll. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> it's, it's an interesting choice uh, with this. Um, colorful wise. Both movies are really gorgeous, um, especially watching this in 4K. And and this one kind of cuts down on all the creatures eating. They've they got to lessen that angle a lot, which is like, thank you. It was just a little weird to see that happen on a constant basis. And also, we find that um, you get a nice relationship thing when it when it comes to both Poppy and Branch. I find there's a nice... You know, there's a real growth in the characters <laughs> that way. Uh, when it comes to that, I, I like I like that to see, and there's a, you know, like, nice little twists when it come when it comes to that. Uh, and and yeah, you can tell that in the in the four years, they've really kind of worked hard to in, improve the animation. When it comes to extras, more to let there's a there's a good chunk of extras uh, when it comes to this release and, and what I like about the extras in this is that they actually talk to the voice actors. Like, you know, ramblers that that's one of the things I, I, it's my pet peeve a lot when it, it comes to, um, to animated movies is that a lot of times they, they, they hardly ever do featurettes on the actors, on the voice actors. And, you know, those are the heart and souls of, of, of the, um, of of the uh, of, of these animated pieces. So it's nice to actually hear them talk about this. And and Lordy, there is just a buttload of deleted scenes. They, you know, uh took out a lot uh when it came to deleted scenes in in, in this particular release. I mean there is just man, they they cut a lot in this being some of them, you know, I can see, yeah, that that kind of makes sense that you would do it. Uh, when it comes to that, overall, I mean, and and you know, and the the poopy humor jokes were reduced, I think, in this one. And I I did like the fact that it's different music, you know, and and that has varieties than just a bunch of pop songs. And I also find it funny that they they try to perform these pop songs to to the country folk, and they're like, no, nope, sorry. You can go Gundam style, all you want, and we think your music is dumb, and and that it's it's a nice message in this times to say you know what it, it it's it, it's it's good that we're not all the same and to appreciate the differences in others, whether it's musical taste, and that kind of lesson itself can apply to so many other things than just music it's very subtle see i like when they do that it's like i'll give you a message but i'm not gonna smash you over the head with it i'm gonna make it subtle enough that if you're smart enough you'll figure it out but i'm not gonna shove it down your throat and that's good and i like how there's a character branch like the voice of reason and like you know that kind of thing and and i you know i we need more of that. I mean, some people call him like a curmudgeon and, you know, party pooper and whatever. No, he's a realist. He's a practical person. As opposed to, you know, your head full of clouds kind of thing. And I'm I'm all for that. So you do get a lot of featurettes uh, when, it, when it comes to that. You get a lot of the making up. You do get an interactive map that just kind of kids will be playing with it, just coin in... Looking at uh, looking at the uh, different tribes, uh, and and there is audio commentary, which thing uh, you don't know, I, I always say I, I appreciate that uh, that is there when it when it comes to that. You do get to watch this too in in music mode, where it does the whole karaoke bouncing ball sing along. So you know, if you want to go that route, you can definitely go the route, and it's you know a fun way to watch it. Something different. Um, you, and I, I gotta get, I, I'll give credit for the slip cover. It's been bedazzled slightly and that's kind of neat. Uh, I do appreciate when they do something different when it comes to troll cover, uh, 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 slip covers. Now, do you have to have watched the first movie to appreciate the second? I'm going to tell you, not really. There's a joke near the end that you'll probably be going, what? And you won't get it, but. No, no, you don't really have to, you know, you go in the second movie going, all right, Poppy's a bit annoying and doesn't listen. <laughs> Branch is more the practical one. You know, they did a the thing and they got a little closer, but there's still problems, and then go from that. And the rest of the movie kind of is, kind of explains itself, really. Uh, oh, and also, you'll see <laughs> that trolls reproduce in the... <laughs> honest way you know it's it's a very interesting way how they make new trolls. just say it. <laughs> so there's that um, and um, so you yeah, have that kind of thing it, it, it it's it's a, it's a fun little movie it it um <laughs> you, it, yeah it, it's it's a nice little mix. uh will they make a troll three? I don't know. I don't know where they go, the Trolls 3, unless, much like Frozen, unless like an, an outside source comes in, and then all these bands have to unite again against a common evil, maybe. Let's see. I don't know uh, when it's going to happen. Overall, it, it is a um, it is a fun fun enough movie, and, and I enjoyed it more than I thought it would. And there you go. And for all those who are wondering, are you... You know, you're saying, hey Russ, you know, you talked about uh, a winner of of a copy of this courtesy of myself and Universal Home Entertainment. I am going to announce the winner, but I'm going to make you wait a little longer. We're going to announce the winner for your own copy of Trolls World Tour on 4K. I'm going to announce the winner right at the wrap of the show. So keep listening and you'll have the winner of this very copy announced. Before this episode's over, that is my take of Trolls World Tour on 4K Blu ray. Courtesy of the great folks at Universal. review for this episode is Greek Myths, courtesy of DK Publishing. Now, this is a very interesting book, and if you ever wanted to get, like, a refresher course on Greek mythology, this is definitely the way to go. And it's a good number of pages. We're talking over 150 pages of mythology, and it's done in a way with illustrations. It's it's divided into... You know, It goes over ancient Greece, and then it goes into the beginning, so the you know the creation, War of the Titans, then it highlights each of the Olympian gods, and the humans and the gods, and the heroes, and then about the myths itself, so, and along with the pronunciation guide, glossary, index, and acknowledgements. And all of these stories are done on this really interesting artwork, that it, it's almost like the, it's like the, the, the pictures are made from like paper designs and then they're photographed. And, you know, if you really want to get a handle on Greek mythology, this book is the way to go. I mean, it's going through. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the story behind it. And Greek mythology, I mean, you just got to watch all the episodes of Xena <laughs> and, and you'll learn a lot. And this is really interesting. It goes in depth. Uh, to it I, I love the illustration artwork it is so unique to its um I don't think I've ever seen this before uh, when it comes to that and it's a really interesting education and you can see how a lot of modern tales uh, get their origins from Greek mythology I mean this one story that the you know, like the story even slightly of uh, at atalanta is kind Similar to Brave, but they just Scottished it up a bit. So think about that. Uh, also, the cover is, has a nice like a shine to it. And so if you if you're looking for like you know what I need to write bone up on Greek mythology, but I don't want to read a lot of dusty, musty, boring, not really that appealing kind of old textbooks. And it's good for kids too. Um, this is definitely worth worth checking out. Uh, it's really in depth beautiful illustrations and and a really easy format to to read and yeah i i'd love for them to do this same thing like you could do this on vikings and all kinds of other mythology this would work really well so that is my take of my book review of greek myths courtesy of the great folks at dk publishing of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me the number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at rambling russ at r a m b l i n g r u s s. Tweet me or tweet you back. I appreciate all likes and uh, on Twitter. And keep in mind, any kind of um, uh, cover arts, any kind of news, any kind of updates, I throw on Twitter a lot. So check that out. And that's how we get a winner of the contest. And more than that in just a second. Of course, you can also check me out right here in the Talk Shoe Network. All my new shows are here. I'm caller ID 18411. All new episodes go up here on Talk Show. And And um, also, if you want to check out my older episodes, you can check that out at http com that's my original home internet where I have over eight plus years of podcasting goodness going I'm back from 2006 2013 and then I moved over here to talk show. hope you check them out you can also check out older episodes in um, on check out older episodes um, in iTunes under podcasts. And also, uh, also a lot of my older episodes, including new ones are on various podcast directories across the world wide web, and newer episodes you can find on Spotify and Google Play. Now, uh, as I said, I've been teasing y'all episode, and I do have a winner for the 4K copy of Trolls World 2, courtesy of myself, and Universal Home Entertainment. And that and that is the um, Twitter user of just rates. Right. They tweeted me the answer to my question of naming me three other favorite trolls. Uh, that is, that that was the characters of uh, Poppy Branch and Poppy Branch and. Da, 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 da. And the, um, and the, uh, baby DJ, uh, character. So they, they were the first, you know, the, the first to respond. And I can say that congratulations, a 4k copy of that is on its way to you. Hopefully as soon as Universal can send it out to you, uh, and congratulations for winning. I appreciate that. And listening to the show, And stay tuned, listen to more episodes of the show, and if there are more giveaway opportunities, I will be more than happy to provide them and look for any of those updates on my Twitter feed and many other uh, social platforms I may be joining sometime soon. Coming up on the show, lots to talk about. Uh, I did get a copy recently of the 25th anniversary of Clueless, accuracy of Paramount, I'll give you my review of that. Hopefully, as well, coming my way sometime later this month, uh, my um, hopefully getting a copy of the uh, HBO series The Outsider uh, based on the stories of Stephen King. we we'll get the copy of that. And I did make my way through recently uh, the 23rd season of South Park on Blu ray. And I'm hoping to get through sometime soon Doom Patrol, the first season, because I've been meaning to get to that. And that was courtesy of my wallet. Also, coming up on future episodes of the show, maybe hopefully next week I can get it all edited, uh, in my ongoing effort to bring back guests to the show, I was able to get in contact with, over not too long ago, Mike from The Cool Factor, and we talk, man, a really a terrific talk about Lego and vlogging and YouTube and all that kind of fun stuff. So, uh, that will be on the next edition of uh, Ramble Extra. Probably next week, I had such a good conversation with him that I might split that up into two separate Ramble Extras. But, look, for the first one, hopefully next week uh, I can get that done. We had a great conversation. I encourage you to check out his show, The Cool Factor, on YouTube. He is a great vlogger and a real lover of YouTube, of uh, Lego and I welcome any of his listeners that are checking out my show for the first time, thank you I hope you enjoy my show as much as you enjoy watching him and that is it for this jam-packed episode, and I want to again thank him for taking time out of his busy day to talk to me, because he's a busy fella anyway, uh, that is it and we'll talk to you next time right here on Ramble Bus. bye everybody, thanks for listening